Hey guys, this is Cami, and welcome to the Inokea podcast. After a much-needed break, I am back today with an interview with Dr. Joseph Kepa'o, or Dr. Joe, as his patients know him. Dr. Joe is the owner of Ohana Chiropractic and Wellness Center in Orem, Utah. He received his doctorate of chiropractic from Western States Chiropractic College in Portland, Oregon, and certified in the college's specialized training in chiropractic biophysics. He also holds multiple advanced certifications, including NATE, Evox Perception Reframing, Emotion Code, and more. We discuss how he came to be a chiropractor, what he does, some misconceptions about chiropractic care, as well as some non-chiropractic talk about his experience of being a competitor on American Ninja Warrior, and also just being my brother. One thing we sadly do not discuss are his new in-office laser treatments, but you can find out all about that at his open house this Wednesday, July 15th. Don't forget to RSVP, and I will link to his office page on my Instagram account, which is Inokea Podcast, A-I-N-O-K-E-A Podcast. Joe also follows up on a story I told on a previous podcast about why they don't sing about another's lack in Ireland. So please enjoy this episode interview with the chiropractor. There you are. Where are you? In my little office. It becomes the, we're not sure where things go, so this is where it goes. (laughs) room I have about uh four of those rooms four of those so I have a very important question to start that's like a follow-up question from a previous episode I talked about when uh you're in Ireland and when they were singing because I have been given much they had to stop (laughs) yes tell me the background and the full part of that story because I'm sure I got it wrong there's a little town down in the southeast part of Ireland called Waterford. That's where a lot of the Waterford crystal comes from. And so for some reason in that one little town, because I never heard this in any other town in all of Ireland, the nickname or the slang word they have for a girlfriend is lack. So whenever they would get to that hymn, you know, when they say, how can I see another's lack and I not share? <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> so, yes. So did they actually, they stopped singing it all together? They skipped that verse or what? That verse they don't sing. That's hilarious. Yeah. Where did that come from then? Do you know like where lack started? I never looked into it. Oh, <laughs> And now, now I'm going to want to. Now I'm going to go research it out. Okay, so you went to BYU. Yeah. What was your major? It was exercise science. And so growing up, I never, and I feel like we actually kind of grew up together apart. <laughs> no, and that weird. Yes, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah, yeah. we had... So many great memories in our childhood. Like we spent a ton of time together, like before junior high years. 
And then we had, I have a lot of great memories of like your friends and things, but we still had totally separate lives. Yeah. And I just don't remember you ever talking about being interested in like the medical field or anything like that. So when I found out that you, I knew that you were interested in sports medicine. And then when I found out that you were going to chiropractic college, I was like, well, how did I miss that? Like, <laughs> oh, that was a surprise. Huh? Yeah. So at what point did you know that you wanted to go from like, take your exercise science knowledge and, and go into the chiropractic field? Well, it was kind of funny because when I was first like assessing out what I wanted to do as a career, I started with psychology. That was where I wanted to be. Cause I, I was always interested in the human mind and how people think and, and so I thought, okay, I think that'd be cool to study that. And I'd be cool to like help people in that realm. Right. And then when I got into college, started taking psychology classes, the psychology students were psycho. <laughs> they were some of the weirdest people had some of the weirdest ideas and I didn't like being around them. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be a part of this community. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not, not my thing. So then I thought, okay, then I, I need to go down. I still want to do something medical because I want to work with human body. And I've always loved sports. So I thought, oh, like sports medicine makes sense. Then I get to work with athletes all day long. And so then I, I started shadowing the athletic trainer at UVU back when it was UVH or UVSC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, I shadowed him and I loved it because I got to interact with some of the coolest athletes and I got to work with injuries and I got to learn the human body the whole time. And uh, one day when I was with the athletic trainer all by himself, I was asking him questions about his career. And he said, well, if you want to have a family, you shouldn't do this. Hmm. So you're going to be away every single weekend. You're going to be gone a lot from your family and they expect a lot from you and you don't get paid a lot. It's like, you've got to absolutely love this and love only this. And your family kind of can becomes a secondary thing. And I was like, Whoa, I don't, I don't want to do that. So then he suggested, if I don't want to do that, then I should look into physical therapy. So it just so happened. I happened to find a physical therapy job as in a, a physical therapist assistant. And so I went and worked for this physical therapist for about six months. And it was a lot of fun. Again, I got to work with athletes, but it was more of a, a regimen. I didn't have to go in on the weekends. And uh, I got to kind of control my own schedule. And it looked like it made really good money based on what I was seeing from the physical therapist. And then again, I was in a quiet moment with the physical therapist. And I started asking him about his job. And he said he hated his job. Mm-hmm. I was like, why? And it's like, it's just, it's a lot of hard work. And it's, it's just not very rewarding, especially with all the different, uh, like, um, you know, like with, with insurance, for example, you have to deal with insurance to get them to pay for certain things. And then they end up not paying and you spent all this time with this patient and now you're not going to get paid for it. And he just gave me a whole list of all these negatives that he did not like about his job. But at that point he'd been in it for so long, he didn't know what else to do. So he was going to finish out his life that way. So then I was like, okay, well, then what do you suggest? And he said, well, I would look into chiropractic. And it just so happened to be 
that when I was in Ireland on my mission, that uh, uh, I got hurt early on in my mission and it, I hurt my back, I couldn't move. It hurt, and I still don't know to this day what happened. And I saw a chiropractor and he helped me and I saw him a couple times. So that kind of planted the seed. So then go down the, the road like three or four years after that experience and the guy suggests chiropractic. And I was like, oh, I went and saw a chiropractor. That seemed kind of cool, but it seemed boring too because it was like, I went into the guy's office. He like popped me a couple of times and sent me on. I thought that was just ridiculous and stupid. <laughs> I felt good afterwards, right? Mm -hmm. So then I ended up finding a job with a chiropractor and that uh, that's what changed my life right there. Cause that chiropractor was amazing. He had amazing philosophy about how the human body works, about how a chiropractic works. And I saw some of the coolest experiences happen with his patients in his office. And all he was doing was just adjusting these people's spines. He wasn't doing anything magical or weird or using herbs and oils and all these other things. He just adjusted the person's spine and they got better. And then me too, I, I went in for low back pain to go see this chiropractor because I got hurt again. And uh, my back was healing really slow, but my, my hay fever went away. I've always had bad hay fever. And so that was the turning point for me where I thought that chiropractic is definitely something I can get into. Okay. So you were working with this chiropractor before you decided to go to chiropractic college, right? What is a chiropractic college? So chiropractic college is basically medical. It's a, it's like a doctorate college. So you go and you get, you go through the same exact regimen that a medical doctor would. There's a little, there's a few differences. Like we don't go through a lot of pharmaceutical classes like they do, uh, but we get about 200 hours more of training with like x-rays. Uh, and there's a few other different classes that we do that medical doctors don't. So by the time we're done with our program, we, we basically have a medical degree. So you're not just focusing on like adjustments or bones, you're actually getting a full education on everything with the, the body, yeah. a full medical yep. degree. We, we go through, especially at my school, the school that I went to Western States up in Oregon, uh, they are very medically minded when it comes to chiropractic. There's, there's kind of a small spectrum with chiropractic. There's the chiropractors on one end who really want to have a medical degree. They've even gotten to the point where they want to create a MDDC, where basically you're a medical doctor and a chiropractor, so you can like prescribe uh, medications and things like that. And uh, then there's the other end where I tend to sit more at, where they, they call those straight chiropractors, where they really believe on that end of the spectrum that all you really need to do is get the person's spine in a line and everything else is going to work out with their health. And so my school was more on the medical side, had very, very heavy, heavily um, medical minded chiropractors there, which was kind of neat because even though I wasn't in that frame set when I went to that school, that's not why I went to that school. I was, again, before I even went to school, I was more in that frame of mind of you align the spine and the person's going to get well. You just trust the human body and just let it do its thing. You just have to put it in the right environment and it will heal. 
But it was neat going to this medically minded school because we got a really big, heavy dose on differential diagnosis. So we could, I can sit down with the patient and they tell me all these different things. And because of my training, my medical training, I can say, oh, these are the different issues that they're dealing with. Now, I'm not just looking at how can I adjust their spine, which ultimately that's what I end up doing. But at the very beginning, I'm thinking of all the different systems that are working and all the different um, chemical reactions they have going on inside their body because of their symptoms and so forth. And so it was neat going to that school because I got a really, really good background with um, having that medical education. So I've loved watching your practice grow because I, I know when you first started, you weren't offering as many services as you do now. I feel like every time I come into the office, you have a new machine or a new thing that you guys are working with. I should have better terminology here, but I don't. <laughs> That's your job. <laughs> um, so I kind of want to know a little bit about what your practice does and some of the innovative things that you guys are working on um, in that frame of mind where there's a lot going on in the body. It's not just adjusting. There's different things that you can do. And, and for me, because I've come to you for mind body connection type things. So tell me more about what you guys do as far as healing bodies um, in that way. What? That's funny you asked that because that one of my big things, I'm a tech geek. So that's why there's, you're always seeing new tech show up in the office. <laughs> someone brings in the new and improved laser therapy or new improved uh, allergy testing modality or the next biofeedback machine. I love those things. And so generally, I'm really good at, at uh, convincing these people to leave their machines in my office for a month to three months without me buying it because yeah, I want to test it out. I test it out on my patients. I usually end up having some of my toughest uh, cases come in and I run them through the machines. And then if it does really well, then I, then I generally buy them. So most of the stuff that you see in the office comes from that type of thing. Also, historically, I've had one of my sons, Warwick, uh, he's been probably one of my hardest patients when it comes to how long I've been in practice. And so a lot of the machinery we have there too comes from finding things that would help him. And so then I would just simply buy it so it would help him. But then obviously I have the advantage of keeping it at the office and, and helping other patients too with the same thing. So that's, that's, that's another reason why you see me with so many new things too, is that if I find something that I have a patient that is dealing with sleep issues. And then it just so happens in the next week or two, someone brings by this new machine that's supposed to help with sleep issues. So I run them through the machine. It starts helping them out with their sleep. I'm like, that's great. I'm sure there's other patients that need the same help. So then I end up buying the, the equipment. Tell me about some of the specific things that you offer and the different equipment or treatments that people can come in and get in your office. Okay. So one of the, one of the older, and I don't mean older as in like, it's, it's an old machine, but one of the ones that I've had the longest, I should say, is called the ASA balance. 
And that's one of my favorite technologies because it's a biofeedback machine. So it actually uses what's called skin galvanic testing. So you have this, this small electrical field on your skin. And this machine is meant to actually test that electrical field for uh, stressors on the body. So let's say, for example, someone who's allergic to gluten, if they eat gluten, it causes them issues with their body, right? So you can actually simulate that stress in the person's body by testing that electrical field on the skin. And so the machine can go through and it can test through, let's just say on the first session, we usually test them through about 50 different foods that you just commonly come in contact with or eat on a daily basis. And so then we can check you for potential food allergies. Uh, but it doesn't even, it doesn't just stop there. You can also look at emotional stressors. Because believe it or not, emotions, I like to say emotions, actually the E in emotion stands for uh, energy. So an emotion is just energy in motion. And so every emotion has an energy to it. You know, when you've walked into a room and someone had just had an argument, you, you could feel it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So the machine actually has the ability to test emotional stressors for that patient. And then we can test hormonal stressors, body stressors. There's, there's pretty much no limit to what we can test for the person. And so then once we figure out what stressors they're dealing with and what things are causing them to have a constant stress response in their body, then the machine goes through and it does a test to find out how we balance that response in the, in the person's body. And then it actually creates an electrical frequency and not electrical, sorry, it's, a, it's like a homeopathic frequency. And we're, then we use a laser that's connected to the technology and we stimulate acupuncture points on the person's body. And then it treats them for those allergies, those emotional stressors, those stress responses, et cetera. So it helps, it helps basically reprogram the body to stop stressing out every time it comes in contact with these different things in, in the environment. See, and I feel like if someone were to just watch a treatment, you say, here, hold on to this. For people to see that, they're like, this is cuckoo. <laughs> you know, but yeah, when you talk about energy and we all know that everything in our body works off of energy and saying how you can feel someone's mood, if you can feel that just in your own body, and not with a machine that is programmed to read all of those little fluctuations. And, you know, acupuncture has been around since forever. 3,000 years. Right? <laughs> 3,000 years. Yeah. And so there is data and science behind the things that seem cuckoo. Yeah. There is. <laughs> and really, yeah. it's like edu educating people on, on what it is that you do. Yeah. Because that's the, the block is the understanding part, right? Right. So when new patients come into your office and have questions about stuff like that, how do you explain that to them? So we, I know a lot of our staff have been trained on how to understand it based on, you know, different things that like, just kind of like what I explained, how with energy and motion and so forth. So all of our staff go through training. And so most of our staff, staff are really good at educating our patients. And then we have different handouts that we give to patients to help them understand. And we've got videos 
So we, we really try our best in our office to have multiple ways to be able to train people or, or educate people on why these, why these things work, how they work and so forth. Because we actually have four main biofeedback technologies that we use in the office to help get information about people's body and then also to treat them. And so it's kind of new for a lot of people to think that they can put their hand on this piece of metal and it's actually going to let them know if they're allergic to gluten or not. That's just right. not normal, right? So we just help people. Edu- we educate them in so many different ways. And the neat thing is that it's funny because once, once people get that idea, most people kind of you see a light bulb turn on in their head and like, oh, that just makes sense that you could test somebody for anger because it's, it's something you can feel, right? So the same thing as if you were to shock somebody, you can feel that same exact thing. It's just putting a name to it at this point rather than just saying, oh, that's a shock. It's like, no, that's anger, right? Or that's disappointment or that's uh, despair, whatever it might be. I love that. Yeah. What would you say is the vision of your practice? That's funny you bring that up. That's I've been thinking about that a lot this weekend. Let me talk about my vision. Because we have a vision as an office. We've got two other doctors in the office. And so we, we try to make sure that we kind of share a vision together, even though we're separate businesses. But we're, we really want to try to be as unified as possible. So we kind of have an overall office goal where we really want to see people thrive. We want to see them thrive with their physical lives, their emotional lives, their spiritual lives. We want to be able to see people come to the office who have no hope and then find hope and then heal, right? So my, my vision from the very beginning has always been just to be able to give people an opportunity to be heard because there's a lot of people these days that they're going through a lot of suffering and no one's listening to them because everyone else is suffering, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone is always thinking about their own suffering, which makes sense. It's not fun to suffer. But unfortunately, because there's so many people that are suffering, no one can support each other. And so I purposely named the clinic Ohana Chiropractic because most of the time in our families, that's where we listen to each other. And I wanted people to feel like that this was a family that they could come to, they could find refuge in the office, they could be listened to, they could be heard, and then they could also be given a plan of action to take care of themselves and help them achieve their goals, whether that be to be able to start eating pizza again because of the gluten allergy is gone, or it could be something as simple as I want to be able to hike with my family. Now I have too much anxiety to go outside or my back hurts too much or my feet hurt or, you know, my blood sugar drops so I can't go hiking, whatever it is. We want to give them an opportunity to be able to heal so that they can go and do those things that they enjoy. So Ohana Chiropractic, a place where you can have refuge and be heard. Yeah. I love that. And I also love that we saw family chiropractic in Honolulu. Yes. And we have Ohana Chiropractic in Orem, Utah. In Orem, Utah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that there is any experience or something that happened 
that changed the way that you pursue your vision? Was there anything specific that happened where you were like, I want to change that in this industry and I want to make it different for my office? I think one of the reasons why I've been so successful in practice is because I've been pretty focused from the very beginning of what I've wanted. I've had a pretty clear vision of what I wanted. And I had a really good mentor that I got to work for before going to chiropractic college. And then I got to work for him for a little bit after coming back from chiropractic college. And he really helped me establish a vision of what, what a healer can do for people. Because he was great at chiropractic. He was an amazing chiropractor. He saw 120 people a day. Just adjust people. He never gave them plans on supplements. And I kind of do the opposite. I do a lot of supplementation and different things like that. But he was amazing at just helping people have an image, being able to develop an image in their mind of, hey, this is what health looks like. Go get it. Right. And so he was really good at helping me have an image of what a successful business is going to look like and what a successful uh, healing business is going to look like. So I would say, I guess, if, if anything, that was the thing that that helped me gain my focus was working with Dr. Hansen and uh, being able to catch a vision of what chiropractic is all about, what what uh, running a business looks like. And I would say, for me, the most frustrating thing is when I go to a doctor and it is kind of like check the boxes or see later, they're not really listening and, or they're not patient. You know, they have seen a bunch of patients all day. And then it's like, they just don't have time for you. Right. And as, as your sister, it's funny for me to say this now, because I really think that you, I've watched you with a lot of your patients and you're super kind, super, you remember things about people. You're very patient. You're very, you're a listener. And 20 years ago, I'd have been like, no, (laughs) 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 that does not describe my brother I'm just kidding (laughs) and that's really important so I feel like you have built that in your practice as a patient I can say that because I have come to your office and I have watched you interact with other patients and I know that that is how you you treat your patients do you want to talk a little bit about misconceptions of what people think they will get when they come to a chiropractor and what's true, what's not true, or maybe how it could be true somewhere else. And you um, run your practice in a different way. I, I would say the, the top misconception that I hear from patients, especially brand new patients, is that they were afraid to come in the first place because they had always heard that once you started, you can never stop. Now that's kind of a mix, a mixed bag of, of words and thoughts and so forth, because one, yes, there are practices out there where basically they scare you into the point where they're like, if you don't get adjusted every week for the rest of your life, you're going to be crippled by the time you're 60 years old. I've seen that conversation before. Mm-hmm. And so I could understand why people would be like, oh, I heard that you you're gonna get stuck for the rest of your life which then I laugh too because like well don't you have like choice not to come to an office so (laughs) (laughs) yes Uh, yes yes 
but but then I do tell patients, yeah, you that that it, I've seen that happen before in other practices where they basically scare you to be adjusted the rest of your life. But the way I look at it is that once you see the power of what chiropractic can do for you, you want to do it for the rest of your life. And that's what I've seen over and over and over again. And you've seen that too, is that once you start getting adjusted on a regular basis, whether that be once a week, every month, whatever works for you, you start seeing that, oh my goodness, I have less back pain, I have less headaches, I'm sleeping better, I get sick less often, um, I feel better emotionally. I mean, there's all these really neat things that happen to your body when you get adjusted on a regular basis that you start to realize, how did I ever not do this every single week or every single month, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's usually the conversation I have with patients when they say that I just thought I was going to have to come in the rest of my life. And most people, it's funny, because once they hear me say that, I can see in their eyes that they're like, oh, okay, I see why my aunt comes to you every single month or, you know, whatever they talk about. So, and then, and then uh, some other misconceptions that usually come up too. Um, I had this one patient once where she came in, I got her started, got her adjusted. She came in the next week because that was the care plan. She needed to come in every week for a few weeks. Got her adjusted. She left. She came back. And then on this third visit, she, she kind of had an off, offish type of feeling to her. Like she wasn't sure if she wanted to be there, but she was following up because she was being responsible. And I got her, I got her adjusted. And then she came back on the fourth visit. And she's like, I don't think I'm going to come back in anymore. I asked her why. She's like, because I think you adjusted me in the first visit. And then you adjusted me out the second visit. And then you adjusted me in the third visit. So I'm thinking you're going to adjust me out the se- this visit. <laughs> like, <laughs> Is that how adjustments work? So a lot of people think and that this, they think that your back goes out. And it can go out and in and out and in, you know, whatever that terminology looks like inside your head. But the back doesn't do that. The back doesn't just kind of go in and out and slip in and out and that type of thing. What what really happens is that you can get areas of stress and inflammation within your spine, which then can cause stress to that area of the body. And so, and that can come because you're not eating correctly. That could come because you're sleeping on the wrong type of bed. That could come because you keep having a, the same argument, you know, with your loved one over and over again. It could happen because of the weird way you sit in your car every day. And so that's, that's one misconception I see is that, that people think that your back is just going to go out and in. Whereas what chiropractic does is that it helps us be able to identify why your body is stressed the way it is, then help you resolve that. Whether that be you just need to be adjusted, which helps bring the stress down in that area. I'm not actually putting a bone back into place, actually getting stress released from that area. And then, and then hopefully we can look at your environment and figure out why your, your body's doing that in the first place, whether that be through your diet or your, your sleeping wrong, that type of thing. So as a new patient, if someone were to call the office and say, I don't know what I need, you know, this is my problem. Would you have them come in? Is there like a consultation 
do they come in for an adjustment and you kind of look at their body for signs and then make um, recommendations based on what you see or what would a new patient be able to expect? So the first appointment, we always go through about three or four of those different biofeedback machines I was telling you about. That way we can look at the body in multiple directions so that we can figure out, you know, are there food allergies involved? Are there environmental sensitivities involved? Are there toxins that your body's dealing with? You know, those type of things. I even look at hormonal imbalances and so forth. And then depending on what the patient is coming in for will depend on what type of treatment they get. So I get some patients that come in and they specifically want chiropractic. I've had some that have come in and they don't like the popping and cracking. They want something else. So we'll do acupuncture. Acupuncture can do the same thing for the body that, acu that chiropractic does for the body. Uh, I've had some patients too that they came in specifically for some emotional type processing. And so we have uh, different techniques that we use like emotion code and evox that help out with that. So we might do that on the first visit. Uh, I do have some patients who will do x-rays on the first visit if they were like, if they had an injury or if they have a long-standing um, back problem, neck problem that to me sounds like it might be a more structural type thing. So we'll take x-rays to figure that out. And then by the time we're done, they should have gotten at least one or two different types of treatments. And then about 30 to 40 minutes worth of testing to see what's going on with their health. Then there's a follow-up that happens after that. And during the follow-up, we go over the results of the scans and anything else that was going on, you know, from the first visit to that visit after their uh, treatments. So that nobody needs to be scared about coming in. Nope. In fact, I have a lot of patients, they come in and they're like, I really don't like the idea of having my neck twisted. Like I hear you can get hurt or have a stroke or all these type of things. and I tell them, frankly, I don't like my neck twisted and popped. I get headaches when my neck's adjusted that way. So I have a different way of getting adjusted and I, I can use the same technique on you. And you can see they're like, oh, okay, great. They really enjoy the visit afterwards. Do you have any crazy stories of something that either you treated and saw or something that you were able to help someone with? We would need a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why this is the first story that's come into my mind. How about we go over like a really funny situation early on in practice. I had a guy that came in and he had what's called torticollis where your neck's kind of just stuck to the side. It's almost like your ear is stuck down to your shoulder and you just cannot move your neck. You can't move it off your shoulder. That sounds miserable. Yeah. He woke up in the morning with it like that. And he was like, I don't know what to do. And I was new in practice, maybe a month or two in practice. And I'd worked on several patients like that in school. So I knew what to do. So I talked to him about what I was going to do. And I told him how it was going to probably hurt a little bit because I need to just, you know, unloosen the neck and, and um, get his, get his muscles to stop spasming. And I showed him what I was going to do. And he's like, okay, I'm really nervous but I trust you. My friends trust you. So let's do this. So I adjusted him and it was like one of the loudest pops I'd ever heard in my life. <laughs> he screamed threw his hands and arms in the air and his eyes rolled back into his head. 
Oh no. And he just sat there limp on my table. You killed him. <laughs> I'm thinking in my head, oh my gosh, I just lost my career. Like I just killed. <laughs> I've only been a practice for two months. And I, I, my stomach just dropped. So I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what to do right now. And that was only like a split second, right? But my whole career went through my head. Well, his, his eyes came back to normal position. And I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, that felt so amazing. <laughs> You're like, you gave me a heart yes. attack, man. Like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> So we finished the treatment and within one treatment, we were able to get rid of the torticollis, which is pretty much unheard of with, with uh, adults because babies get it a lot. So it usually takes two or three adjustments for a baby and for adults, it could be, it could be a month long process of seeing you a couple times a week to get it to, to be fine. So that was kind of a neat experience to, and, and it was neat too, because I was early in practice and to be able to see somebody heal that quickly was was really amazing it, it, it that was kind of interesting when i was early on in practice i had a lot of really cool miracle stories of patients coming in and having something for 20 years no one could figure it out they'd been through all these medical doctors all these chiropractors they'd gone through all these supplements they'd gone through all these different regimens and their issue would not go away and they're like, I heard that you've got something different. And I really didn't have anything different. I just, I still had just chiropractic at that point of practice. But I think I had a different philosophy. Because as I, as I listened to these different patients speak about who they saw and what they were doing, it was all about, they just needed to get rid of the pain. Whereas in my mind, I knew that if I could get their body in the right environment to heal, their body would take over and heal all on its own, right? Would go in there and I would adjust these people. In fact, one story that comes up was this gentleman who had had breathing problems since the 70s. I started to practice in 2007 and I probably saw him a couple years into practice. One adjustment and his breathing problem was gone right there on the table. And he got up and looked at me and started crying. Are you saying that's all I needed for all of these years? In my mind, I'm thinking, dang, maybe I was just lucky, right? But the difference was that I feel like that my, I was so confident that if I could just get the body in the right environment, it's going to heal all on its own. And I, I saw that over and over and over again. I still see that to this day. And I, it's, I probably don't see it as often because maybe... Maybe those situations happen more often and it's just kind of like everyday stuff now for me, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, that, that's one of the really amazing things about chiropractic, even though I do still have all these other machines and supplements and, and different ways to help people, I still really truly believe in the power of an adjustment. And do I have time to talk about something that I just learned just recently about chiropractic? We were good on time. So I've always believed that if you adjust the spine, it, it helps balance out the brain. I've always believed that. It's just something that has been kind of a gut feeling. 
it wasn't so much about the organs or the glands or the nerves. I always thought when you adjust somebody, their brain is going to get more balanced out. When their brain is more balanced out, then the body just works better, right? That's probably some of my, my psychology background. <laughs> well, there's some studying going down in Australia and at BYU right now where they're actually in Australia, they have sheep where they've actually opened up their spine and their brain and they're still living. I know. Oh, boy. Kind of sad for the sheep. It's very sad, but needed, yes. right? I mean, this is how we innovate. Yeah. But they have all these sensors connected to the spine and to the head. And then they adjust the sheep. And consistently what they're finding is that when they adjust the sheep's spine, the brain responds before anything else in the body responds. That is so interesting. Yeah. And so they're starting to prove scientifically that the adjustment actually affects the brain before it affects okay. anything else. And they're finding the same thing over in BYU. They're using little rats where they're opening up the rat's skull and they got these little sensors on the brain and they got their spine open and they adjust the rat and the exact same thing is happening on the rats. Hmm. And so I, I was really excited to hear that because it then, it just kind of was solidifying that feeling of, hey, when you adjust someone's spine, it balances out their brain. Their brain has a positive response to that adjustment. And so therefore, the person's going to have a positive response, which sometimes you can't really predict what's going to happen when you adjust somebody. Like me, I was getting my low back adjusted and then my allergies went away. I right. predicted that, right? But as long as I stay adjusted, I don't have hay fever ever. That's so interesting. Yeah. And cool because people want data, you know, and so these kinds of things are offering more data to the things that you've already experienced through people's lives changing. Right. So what would you say you're most proud of? With chiropractic? Mm-hmm. I think the thing that I'm most proud of is being able to bring people together and help them see healing for their families. And that's not just my patients, but I see that with my staff and their families. I, I see that too with the doctors that I've been associated, I've been able to associate with. Associate. <laughs> Cause there's been a lot of chiropractors that I've seen struggle through practice, but we come together and we're unified in helping people, serving people, serving the community. And they, they're, they're successful now as chiropractors and being able to just get to a point where we're unifying people and having a, even though we still have different beliefs or different thoughts of how the body works and so forth, but we're at, we're being I've been able to help unify a lot of people and and helping people get get truth in their life, which then equals healing for them and their families. I love that. Okay, I have this thing that I do. <laughs> this is my box of questions. Whoa! For the the listeners, they can't see me, but I'm going to randomly draw one. It's a cool looking box. It's, 
it's a game. It's an actual game that I bought that just has conversation questions uh-huh. in it. But some of them are really funny. Okay. So, all right. Here we yeah. go. This is totally random. Okay. Which of your ancestors would you most like to meet? Ooh. Well, from my understanding, and I think it happens, there's, there's ancestors on both sides of our family that, that can have connected with the other side, if you know what I mean. I do. No, you do? Oh, I see <laughs> yeah, you. I, I do know. So, and I believe that there's somebody on our dad's side of the family that had a very close con- connection with, with the other side, talking about like being able to see angels and things like that. I don't know who that is. I can't remember their name, but I really would like to talk to them because, okay, we're going to go out on a limb here for our listeners. Okay. <laughs> there, there is, there is a, uh, I won't give her her name. There's a person that I used to work with in our office and she can see spirits. And frequently she would ask me, who is that Hawaiian guy that keeps showing up to the office? And sometimes he would show up in a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. And sometimes he would show up in Hawaiian warrior garb. Mm. And I knew it was Grandpa Kipo'o. Mm-hmm. So I really would like to get to know Grandpa Kipo'o more. But I know he's got some ancestors too that I would really like to talk to. But, um, and that person who can see our grandpa that shows up at the office, she said, yeah, like, he's here protecting the office right now from an outside evil influences that want to get in here. And that's why he's in his Hawaiian warrior garb. And then sometimes he would just show up in his casual garb or casual outfit, whatever you want to call it. Cause he's just here to just watch you. Cause he's so proud of what's happening here. That makes me emotional. Me too. And uh, you said some, one of our ancestors is connected yeah. to the other is because and this is a whole podcast that I haven't finished yet after my meeting with it's like I don't know if I can finish recording this all yeah. you know but I have always been very sensitive to either feelings or like I will know something before it happens oh yes and I'm like I know that must be an inherent inherited thing where I can feel stuff like that. I'm very sensitive to it. Yeah. So, but it also scares me. So I feel like I kind of have a block up because if I'm open to something and then it happens and I'm like, Oh, wait, (laughs) you know, that freaks me out too much. Right. But, um, that would be interesting to know who that was and what their connection was like. Yeah. One last final question. Okay. Why are we obsessed with game shows? Oh my gosh. And why did they not pick us to be on Beat Shazam? 100%. (laughs) 
Um, do you want to talk about your experience of being on American Ninja Warrior or is that like something you're not supposed to talk about right now? You know, I don't know because so tonight is supposed to be the show that I would be on. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So right after this, we're going to head over to Hel Helen's mom's house because she loves Ninja Warrior. Yeah. We're going to watch it with her. So I, I, I was... I thought I had a decent run. I figured that they would show my run on tonight's show, but they emailed me and said they're not. So I take that as permission that I can start showing my run and start talking about it. Yeah. So, but that experience of being on that game show, because it is, it's, it's a reality show first, and then it's a competition is what I found out while I was there, right? A lot of politics going, going on behind the scenes, but it's, you know, they're making money with this situation. But on the other side of things, there was, it was a really cool experience to be able to connect with some of the ninjas that I've really looked up to as I've watched the show, right? I got to, I got to connect with uh, Flip Rodriguez. I got to connect with Jamie Ron and uh, uh, Jesse Lebrecht, Chris DeGange. Uh, so those are, those are people that are like big names in the ninja community. Got to be on the ride, uh, the bus ride over to the obstacles with them. And we got to talk about how to do the obstacles because they knew what ones were, were coming up. They got the inside scoop. So we got to talk to them about what was happening. And so that was kind of cool. And then it was kind of neat, too, to then have some of that demystifying energy happen where I realized these people are like, just like me. We're all the same. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh and that, that was really cool. And then just the energy, even though there was no audience there because of the whole COVID thing, uh, the energy of that place was awesome. Being able to just get up there on that stage, get ready to run the obstacles. And running the obstacles was crazy because they had lights all over the place. They had the cameras. They had the producers counting you off to do certain things. And it was it was amazing. I, I hope I get to be on the show again next year because I didn't get it far enough to make it to the other filmings that they, they're going to do. But uh, hopefully next year I'll be able to get to do that. Yes, you will. Yep. Next year you will, yep. right? Manifest that. That's right. <laughs> Put that on my vision board. Well, thanks for taking time to talk to me. Yeah. I don't think you know how interesting you are. <laughs> You are very interesting. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Love you too. Okay. Bye. Bye.